0: morning church. Morning. What an incredible sense of the presence of God here today and it's so good to see each and every one of you. And I know people are joining us on Zoom, good morning and I know that you'll be feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit where you are and I know we have a number of people that have dialed in on Zoom today that are poorly And uh, we've got Rani and Senga and Jean, Phil, we've got Bruce, we've got Carol dialing in from a hospital bed. And uh, hallelujah, bless each and every one of you. And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will know and experience God's touch this morning, his healing power right where you are right now, and that you would know God's peace, God's joy, and that you would rise up and be healed Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Well, today, and I'll, I'll get Nick to put up our, uh, our title of uh, what we're going to be looking at this week and next week. Train yourself to be godly. Wow, thank you, Marion. I said that, you know, wow. Train yourself to be godly. So if you have your Bibles here, can you please turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 9, but we're going to concentrate the next couple of weeks on verses 7 to 9. I'll just give you a moment to, uh, to find that scripture. If you're not sure where it is, please check the index in the front. That will help you and show you where that book is. It's near the end of the New Testament. 1 Timothy 4 verses 1 to 9. I'm actually going to read this from the New Living Translation. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They say it is wrong to be married, it's wrong to eat certain foods. But God created these foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching that you have followed. Don't waste your time, Timothy, arguing over godless ideas and old wise tales. (laughs) Instead, train yourself to be godly. Amen. Amen. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. Train yourself to be godly. So here we have the Apostle Paul, he's writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, not his natural son, his spiritual son. He's warning him about people turning away from the true faith, deceiving others and being deceived themselves, following teachings that actually have come from the pit of hell. And he goes to say, Timothy, you know, don't waste your time. Don't get distracted and end up in useless arguments over myths. But make the most of the time and concentrate on training yourself and exercising unto godliness. The Amplified Bible puts it this way, keeping yourself spiritually fit. Keeping yourself spiritually fit. And I wonder if we were to be honest between ourselves and God this morning, and we asked ourselves the question... How spiritually fit am I? I ask myself that question. How spiritually fit am I? You know, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, and it says this. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. You know, people test themselves, don't they, to see how physically fit they are, whether that's running and they set themselves a goal and then they reach that goal and they set themselves another goal, or whether it's lifting weights, whatever it might be. In the physical, people can gauge how fit they are. But what about the spiritual? You know, a physical thermometer is an instrument for measuring and indicating temperature. And this challenges me because <laughs> I always preach to me first. But if God used a spiritual thermometer on us, I wonder what it would show. Yeah. True. True. If God used a spiritual thermometer, what would it show? Would it show. We were cold, tepid, lukewarm, as the Bible tells it, hot, very hot. Do you see, God's word tells us to keep our spiritual fervour. So in this two-part series, this is what we're going to have a look at. And this is what God has given me to share. We're going to look at what does it mean to be godly? because we need to understand what it means to be godly. And if we are to train ourselves, how do we do that? That's practical, isn't it? So that's what we're going to have a look at today. And then next week, we're going to look at how godliness affects us in this life. If we're going to be godly, how is that going to impact us? How is that going to affect our lives in this life? But very importantly, church, We're going to have a look at how it affects us in the next life. Wow. In eternity. So make sure you don't miss next week. Because that, to me, is so important. Because this life is like a vapor. That's what the Bible says. But eternity is eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to know is how being godly in this life not only impacts and affects us, and others in this life, but how is it going to affect us in eternity? Amen. You know, there's an old saying, isn't there? And I, I heard this when I was a little girl, and I'm sure some of you will have heard it. I'm not so much sure about the youth, but if you're my age, you probably will have heard it. Cleanliness is next to Godliness. Anybody, anybody heard that Yeah, all the time. Well, you know, I think that's probably one of those old wise tales that is in 1 Timothy 4. Because, you know, church, you can be in the stinkiest prison for loving Jesus and can be godly. Amen? Amen? So what does it really mean then to be godly? So as I studied, I was doing my research and looking up different people's opinions on what godliness is and what godliness means. And some people saying, well, it's being Christ-like. And I dare say, you know, if we did a survey and we asked everybody here, we'd probably come up with a few answers. Yeah. So some might say it's being Christ-like, it's being like God. It, they might mention the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. and And all those are right. But I then prayed because, you know, the Holy Spirit, he leads us into all truth, doesn't it? That's what the word says. That's the job of the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us into truth. So I actually prayed and said, okay, Holy Spirit, then, what do you say? (laughs) That's a good place to start, isn't it? What do you say, Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be godly? And straight away, this scripture dropped into my heart. And it's from Galatians 2.20. And this is what Paul says. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Amen. Do you know, church, I'm going to read that again. Because this is God's word. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Amen. Amen. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So my interpretation, if you like, on that would be, it's being totally surrendered to God And his will. And being totally devoted to God and his will. I love that. Totally surrendered to God and his will. And totally devoted to God and his will. It's being and doing. It's devotion in action. Do you know the word of God says... And Noah's covered it so well today in communion. You know, we have not been redeemed with corruptible things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the lamb without spot or blemish. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price. And oh, what a price. What a price that Jesus Christ paid for us. Hallelujah. For our redemption. You know, even throughout eternity, I don't think we'll ever really probably grasp the cost to God himself and to Jesus and to heaven in allowing the precious Son of God, the only begotten Son of the Father, to come Mm -hmm. and to die in our place and redeem us and redeem all of mankind, hallelujah, for eternity, You see, when we get born again, church, we transfer kingdoms. Yeah, true. And God takes us out of the kingdom of darkness yes. and he translates us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of his own dear son. Amen. Yes, yes. And of course, Satan hates that. Satan hates God. He hates Christians. True. You know, we've got to get used to that. Yeah, true. It's not going to change. No. <laughs> it's not going to change. No. We have to get used to it. And, you know, I have to tell you that the world is going that way too. Unfortunately. Do you know, I read an article from Open Doors that was issued in May 2022, and it says, Christianity is the world's most persecuted religion. 360 million Christians (laughs) lived in countries where persecution was significant. Roughly 5,600 Christians were murdered and more than 6,000 imprisoned. Another 4,000 plus were kidnapped. And get this, more than 5,000 churches and other religious facilities were destroyed in 12 months. You know, when Jesus said in Matthew 24, when talking about the signs of the age, and I know I mentioned this in October, that you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake. So church, we need to train ourselves in godliness. Why? Because we belong to a different kingdom. We belong to the kingdom of God and God is passionate about us being godly. He is passionate about transforming us into an obedient, prayer-saturated, peace-filled, Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled... Bold, strong, courageous, loving, forgiving, child of the living God. Hallelujah. God God. is committed to that. And he's passionate about you. He's passionate about your life. He's passionate about giving you direction. He's passionate about having time with you. He's passionate about you knowing him intimately. Amen. Do you know you may be here. Or you may be watching on Zoom or even listening to this in the future. And you might say, yeah, but Anne, you, you know, it's it, sorry, it's just too late for me. It's just, you know, you don't know what I've been involved in. You don't know my past. This has happened and that's happened and the other's happened. And No, it's, it's just, it's too late. Church, don't let the devil lie to you. He's a liar, he's a thief, the enemy is. He doesn't want you to live a victorious Christian life. And I want to tell you today, if you're here, it is not too late for you. Today is a new day. Do you know, the 14th of October, 2023 is gone. We'll never get that day back. And today is a new day. Hallelujah. And this is a new year. Amen? Amen. And this is the year of breakthrough. This is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year that God is going to do great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Do you believe that, church? Come on. Amen. Amen. It is. It's not too late. Do you know, we sang this morning, do you know what he's done? What he's done he's completed it, he's done it all he's done all that we needed his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness you have to live in that you have to live in that knowledge and receive it by faith that God has done all that he needs to do and that hallelujah that we are free and that we are forgiven and that we are chosen and we are appointed and we are anointed oh hallelujah come on church God is building us as an army to take us into yes. Stratford, Amen. that God is going to do exceedingly yes. and abundantly more yes. than yes. we can ask or imagine in this town. Do you believe it? Amen. 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 He is going to do that. Yes. He is going to do it. Yes. Amen. It says this in 1 Peter 2.9, You are a chosen people. There you go. Yes. A royal priesthood, a holy nation. Yes So God is calling each and every one of us, regardless of how long we have walked with yeah. him, whether we are a brand new Christian here yeah. today, yeah. or whether we've been walking with the Lord many, many years, yeah. God is calling every single yeah. one of us Amen. to godliness and holiness. Yeah. I'm just going to give you these scriptures. 1 Peter 1.16 says, Just as he who calls you is holy, be holy in all that you do. Yeah. For it is written, says God, be holy because I'm holy, God is holy. Amen. 2 Peter 3, 1, sorry, two Peter 3:11, if you're taking notes, tells us that we ought to live holy and godly lives. And Romans 12:1 says, "Therefore I beseech you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice." Yes. Yes. Amen, what a prayer. Yes. That we are a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Oh, that I want to please Him. Yes. Amen. The New King James Version says, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You know, that's what's expected. Amen. Amen. And God tells us in Hebrews twelve, fourteen make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So how can we train ourselves in godliness and holiness? Well, I believe in order to train well, we are to pursue it and perfect it. Pursue and perfect. If you've got your Bibles, please turn to 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. So we're going back into 1 Timothy 6, back to Paul's letter to Timothy. So bear in mind, this is an old guy Timothy has come to the Lord and he's training him, if you like, he's mentoring him. And this is what he says to Timothy. He says, but you, man of God, flee from all this. What's he telling him to flee from? He's telling him to flee in the previous chapter, and you can read it from the love of money. Do you know anyone who loves money never has money enough? And God is not against money at all. But when it becomes your God, it will consume you. And then however much you have, you'll never be satisfied because you'll always want more. That's why you get multimillionaires. They never have time to enjoy it because they're trying to make their next million. And we know you can't take it with you. (laughs) But you, man of God, flee from all these things, is what he's saying, and pursue (laughs) go after it righteousness godliness there it is faith love endurance gentleness fight the good fight of the faith take hold of the eternal life to which you are called so he's saying pursue righteousness Timothy pursue godliness pursue faith pursue love pursue endurance pursue gentleness You see, when you pursue something, you don't wander aimlessly without purpose or direction. You go after it with intent. When you aim at nothing, that's precisely what you will hit, nothing. And the enemy would love us to be apathetic in our walk with God. He would love that. Because we're not going to grow as God has destined us to grow. Plus, you're no know, threat to the enemy when we're apathetic and lukewarm. God hasn't called us to be lukewarm. He wants us to be hot yes, amen. for him. True. You know, in the book of Revelation, God said to the church, you know, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but lukewarm? And it's easy for us to get lukewarm if we're not careful. We have to pursue every day, don't we, in our walk with the Lord. We need to pursue God. Then 2 Corinthians 7.1 says this. Since we have these promises, dear friend, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Now, perfecting means make as good as possible. Now, we're not going to reach perfection this side of heaven. <laughs> no. And that word sancti- sanctification, sometimes that you may have heard of, that just means our growing in godliness and holiness. Yeah. It's practical, it's progressive, it's not perfection. But it doesn't stop us aiming at it. Yeah. You know, let's ask ourselves the question. We're in January 2023. Again, in your spiritual thermometer, if God put that on you, Are you more like Jesus now than you were in January 22? It's challenging, isn't it? We all need, I need this. Because I want to be useful to God. I want to grow. I want to be godly. I want to be holy. And we're going to have a look next week how God will use us when we are like that. And God desires that we're like that, and we can be like that, regardless of our past. Your past does not exclude you from what God wants to do in you and through you, and to bless you. Amen? Don't ever think your past, because the enemy would love you to believe that. Because when you believe the lie, yeah. you are not going to go for what God has got for you, and God has got great things for amen. you. Amen. This church is a battleship; it's not a cruise liner. No. No. Amen. Yes, amen, Hillary. We are a battleship, and every single person on a battleship has a role, and every single person is valuable, amen. and there are no passengers. No. And God has brought you here because he wants to use you. Amen. Because we're going to have lots of people coming in that Amen. need Jesus. Right. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the psalmist said this. He said, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me. You see, pursuing and perfecting holiness and godliness is going to take effort. <laughs> It's gonna take effort, church. And it's also going to take diligence and determination and discipline and time. Yes. Very true. All of those things. You know, and and you might say to me, Well, you know, I I wanna do this. I'm I'm gonna train to be godly. This has really challenged me this morning, and I'm I'm gonna pray more. And I'm going to read my Bible more. And I'm going to make sure I get to church more. And I'm going to make sure I get to the prayer meeting, which is on Thursday. (laughs) And I'm going to join a home group. And and I'm going to start coming to pre-prayer after what Noah said. Now, I'm going to to come. and, And that's all good. And that's right. And God wants us to do that. But if we only do it out of a motive of duty or guilt... Or condemnation; those things will wear off. Yes, right. Very true. After a while, yeah. it will wear off. Yeah. Yeah. And then on a Sunday morning, you know, it's, it's going to be so cozy in bed, <laughs> and it's it's dark outside, and it's raining, and it's cold, and it's a bit like January really. And um, you're just going to think, oh, I had a late night last night. You know, I think I'll I'll stop in today. I'll catch you on Zoom. And sometimes for our flesh, it's easy to do that. It's true. It's true for all of us. Whereas really, we need to be telling our flesh, come on flesh, I'm getting out of this bed and I'm getting to church and I'm going to go and praise God and I'm going to go and hear what the Holy Spirit wants to tell to me about today. Amen. 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 And aren't you always glad when you've been to church? And I know I am. And it's the same with the prayer meeting. And you know, that's why we've got the doorbell now because we totally get it when people have had a long day at work. And, and, you know, we're tired after a long day at work, and I, I know I am, particularly at my age. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, and you said, it's so easy thinking, oh, just go home and just curl up on the sofa. But, you know, we've got that doorbell so that even if you can't get there till eight, quarter past eight, don't worry, just please come. Because yeah, sure. you'll be so glad that you did, yeah. because the Holy Spirit wants to minister to you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He wants to minister to you. And then you come out of there so like on fire and it's like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so glad I came. So what do we need then in order to pursue and perfect and how do we train ourselves? And this is what I believe God gave me. Because all those things that I've mentioned about doing are right and they're good and they will come out of this. Develop a hunger yeah. and thirst for God. Yeah, for the only way. And I didn't know that Noah was going to share all what he shared today, so what a confirmation. Yeah. yeah. Develop a hunger and a thirst for God. Yeah. Because everything else will come out of that. Mm-hmm. And we are the ones who determine... Our hunger and thirst. We are the ones who determine. Do you know, we've sung this morning, haven't we? I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate, I'm desperate, I'm desperate, Lord, for more of you. I'm not satisfied where I am. I'm not. We are scratching the surface, church, of what God wants to do at the rock. We're scratching the surface at the minute, but we're going deeper. Amen. Hallelujah. Who's with me? Amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, it says this in Matthew 5:6 Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Church, there's two promises there from God. Number one is you'll be blessed, number two is you'll be filled. Hallelujah. I love it. Amen. Two promises. You'll be blessed and you'll be filled. So God will ask and do for you what you're asking him to do. He might not think about it. It's not a case of, oh, I don't know. No, God wants to fill us. Yes. He wants to bless us and he wants to fill us. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, and I believe God is calling us as individuals and as a church to go deeper with him. You know, I know Arvill last week mentioned about Ezekiel 47 and Oliver's preach on its one. Well, God keeps bringing us back to this as a church. So we need to to take note. And, you know, if you look at Ezekiel 47, and I'll leave you to look at it at home for time, but verse 3, it says... When the man who was an angel had the line in his hand, he went eastward. He measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the water. And the water reached the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand cubits and brought me through the water. And the water reached the knees. Again, he measured a thousand and he brought me through the water and it reached the loins. Afterwards, he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the water had risen. Enough water to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. You see, the waters into which Ezekiel was invited poured straight from the temple of God. We are called to enter them. And the source of the river is God himself. You see, God doesn't want us, church, to be ankle deep. He doesn't want us to be knee deep. He doesn't even want us to be waist deep. He's called us to go deep and deeper still. And there's always more. Hallelujah, there is always more. We never reach this side of heaven getting to the extent of God's glory and God's love and God's grace and God's power. He wants us to trust him completely, to let go, (laughs) to lay our lives down and pick up our cross. Like Noah said this morning, you know, Jesus said, if you want to save your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you'll, you'll save it. Amen. That doesn't necessarily mean physically, but it may do. But it's more actually laying down our own will, our own yeah. lives, our own agenda yeah. for God and his kingdom. Seek yeah. first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Amen. And everything else is added unto you. When you put God first, you just cannot go wrong. <laughs> Do you know, remember, we sung, haven't we? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. Amen. We live for Christ. God wants to immerse us in his love and fill us entirely with his Holy Spirit. Mm. I want to be immersed in God. I believe with all my heart that when we go deeper and when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, as individuals and a body of believers here we will be filled with God yes. and we will see breakthrough. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe it. Amen. Amen, Effie. So do I. Yeah. We'll see breakthrough. We'll see breakthrough in our own lives, yeah. Yeah. in our own situations, in our health, yes. in our finances, so in our jobs, true. in our families. Yeah. Many of you have children that have walked away from the Lord. Yeah. We're going to pray the prodigals back, church. Amen. 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 Seeing breakthrough. Breakthrough. Some of you have husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, siblings, neighbours. You know, out of our desperation for more of God, that will come the desire. And I'm just going to quickly finish in a minute and we're going to pray. One thing it will affect is the time you spend with God. You see, you can't live a godly life if you don't have a prayer life. And the Bible says, draw near to God and he draws near to us. Now, Jeremiah 29, 11 is quite a well-known scripture and it's quite often quoted isn't it? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope, and plans to give you a future. And that is a great, powerful verse. But not so many people go on and have a look at verse 12. But this is what it says in verse 12. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, says the Lord. Listen to this. You will seek me and find me, When you seek me with all of your heart, I'll be found of you. Wow, that's the key. When you seek God with all of your heart, Mm. you'll find him. And he'll be found by you, all of your heart. And that's what takes the time, the diligence, the determination, the discipline. But isn't it worth it? You see, we can get as close to God as we choose to get. And nobody but nothing can stop you apart from you. Do we seek God's heart or do we seek God's hand? Do we seek God with all our heart to know his heart or do we seek his hand because we want something or because we need something? Hmm. it's a challenging question isn't it sometimes it's easy to come to God and we've all done it when we're desperate (laughs) when we really want something or when we really need something but do we come to God because we're just desperate for more of him that intimacy, that time just being in his presence Oh, God longs for that. Do you know how much he longs that you do that with him? Just you and him. No distractions, nobody else. Just you and him. God longs for that. And that's what changes us. But as we start to have that hunger... And that thirst, you see, then what I believe happens is God comes in and increases the hunger and thirst and increases. So the more we hunger, the more we thirst, the more we hunger and the more we thirst. But the same is the opposite. The less we hunger and the less we thirst, the less we hunger and the less we thirst. See, the outworking of a godly life is a fruitful prayer life. You know, nearly done. (laughs) We sang this morning, didn't we? Let it be Jesus. From the rising of the sun, let it be Jesus. When all is said and done, let it be Jesus. Every day, right from the start of the day to the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. Are you hungry for more of God? I know I am. Are you thirsty? You know, the psalmist says, oh, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I want more. And the more we want, the more God will give us. If you're here today, and I don't know everybody, you may not know Jesus. You can know him today. Just by opening up your life. But it's a commitment to follow him. It's a commitment to lay down your own life, your own agenda, your own will. Just like Arvul said, he had, he had so much in the world many would say he had no need of God but he was so empty because you see those natural things don't fill us and however much you get in this life you'll leave it one day leave it all behind in a box and we're the ones in the box otherwise known as a coffin don't let temporal things cloud your eternal view So in a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing that song again. I'm desperate for you. And I'm just going to give you an open invitation that the front is open. We're not going to pray for anyone unless you want prayer for anything, but we're just going to open it up and I'm just going to leave between you and God. But if you say, God, I'm hungry. And I am thirsty. Then you can come if you choose to. You can kneel, you can stand, you can lie prostrate if you want to. It's between you and God. But at the beginning of this new year, what do we want to see God do in our lives? And in the lives of others? That's going to come through our hunger. And through our thirst for more of God. And if you don't know Jesus, then please come and see me at the end. I'll talk to you. I've got a little leaflet I can give you on knowing what it means to be a Christian. Don't worry about who else does or does not come forward. This is between you and God. But I pray that as a church, that we will never, ever, ever stop being hungry for more and more and more of the living God. Let's stand.